first of all, let's start from the beginning. Before, <laughs> let's start before the beginning. Before we get started, I'm going to play the most beautiful sound on earth. Okay. This is that ASMR shit. Isn't that beautiful? Now listen. A bell. Putting it in a wine glass. I'm dead. First of all, because I'm classy spot. Second of all, I need the bubbles to like go so I don't get yeah. bloated. Right. I'm too full. I can't drink more. Totally. I heard something. Someone was talking about podcasting drunk. No, like yeah. I've never podcast drunk. And I was like, I don't think I've been sober for any of my podcasts. Episodes. A lot of people do better when they're like drunk or high or something like performers, artists, poets, yeah. like a lot of the greatest works of all time were done with people not like in their like normal state of mind. Right. Alter state of mind. Can we just pause yeah. for two seconds? What's the rattling? Is it the, is it the dog? No, maybe. <laughs> Leo, I'm gonna have to kick you out. Can you lay down? Or just okay. like take his collar off. Oh, that's a good idea. Come here. This happened with Courtney all the time. She would have, I would be talking to her on FaceTime and her dog would be eating out of his bowl and be like, ding, 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 all the bowl. I'm like, God damn, Courtney, take your fucking dog. Just take his collar off while he's eating. Jesus Christ. All right, his collar is off. Okay, perfect. I feel like we've got everything out of the way. But we should just mention that 12 hours ago when we decided to do this podcast and we started the process, I looked cute. You look cute now. Thanks. We haven't decided if we're going to post a video or not. Well, you look adorable. You, you look adorable. <laughs> okay, so today... That I picked today's topic and it kind of came to me first with something specific. And then when I was researching it, I found a bigger thing and now I want to do a whole series. So I kind of backtracked and um, I didn't tell Rihanna what we were going to be doing today. Rihanna is my guest today. I'm really bad at intros. I usually just skip right in because we're in the middle of it. Hi, welcome to tonight's episode of Bidgetpedia. I am your host, Becca. With me today, I have Rihanna. Oh, hey, everyone. One of my most beautiful, radiant friends. Oh. Was completely unprepared for this, but she did it anyway because she fucking loves me and she goes hard in the motherfucking paint for me. So That's she's nice doing thing. it. And she's doing it and I didn't tell her anything, but now 20 seconds before we started this, I may have been led to believe that this could be a touchy subject. <laughs> and maybe I should pick something else. Okay, sorry, we had to pause for technical difficulties, but we're back at it again. If that's what you want to call it. <laughs> I was being discreet. Okay, so today's episode I started and I was going to do love bombing because that's love been some bombing. Yes. And a lot of people have heard. I was talking about it at work today and someone was like, I don't know what that is. And I was like, that's fucking weird. They also didn't know what mansplaining was. 
Oh, I do know what that is. Yeah, well, that's another episode that we're going to have just to be fair. I've got lots of episodes coming. I just literally can't make the time to get them done or get people to, on the same schedule. But when I was looking into that, I realized that it said love bombing was one of the stages of trauma bonding. And I was like, all right, well, what are the other stages? So apparently there's seven. So then I was like, all right, well, I can just go through all of these the seven stages of trauma bonds with you mm -hmm. in a romantic relationship. And then we can do an episode probably on each of them, at least some of them, you know, but we can kind of work through it today and see what we don't cover, like what we have more of, but, and then if you want to ease into love bombing, we can talk about it too, but I've got lots of stuff to talk about and it's all about narcissists, which most people who are listening probably don't even know me um but i don't do well with narcissists that's not we don't really like i don't really fuck with them so like i don't really date <laughs> but it's because i would never like and i don't want to say like i would never like it to that point because there are lots of intelligent women you know but like for the most part i just can't do it i can't take that personality type but um, when I was going through this, I was like, you know, I have a lot of friends that I feel like are going to feel attacked by this, <laughs> to be honest. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. So, all right. So I guess the first, we can start with the first one. Um, okay. Let me find my first. Okay. So, all right. So the seven stages of trauma bonds. Stage one is love bombing which is what I was talking about earlier and it's basically like they flood you with all of these things you know presence or affection or whatever and they basically just like overwhelm you with all these great things and it just like sends this dopamine rush through your body and you get this high and then mm -hmm. I mean it feel and it is real because they're doing it you know and you're feeling the real reaction but yeah. they basically are narcissists take what they know from like your personality and what you right. like and they mirror that. So of mm -hmm. course they're perfect. It's because they came up with this, you know, calculated formula. Yeah, they, they created a formula. Exactly. Yeah. And now and now they figured you out. So like, yeah, of course they're perfect because they knew exactly what to do. Yeah, yeah, like this week it's X plus Y equals Becca, but next week it'll be X plus Y equals Amy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So a little bit about, I guess we can go over to love bombing and just kind of talk about those today because I did really find love bombing interesting because a lot of people don't like pick up on it. And like I said, intelligent women, because I know intelligent women who have been, you know, susceptible to dating narcissists, like it happens. Mm -hmm. Um. So love bombing, the definition is when someone overwhelms you with loving words, actions, and behavior to manipulate. So that's the thing. When I was watching some of these videos, I was like, uh, some of this stuff kind of sounds like stuff I do, but like, I'm not love bombing because, um, yeah, I think it just depends on like the intention and in the, in what way are you doing it? Like is every single time I see you, are you giving me flowers or a teddy bear or chocolates or something? You know right. what I mean? Like what are the intentions behind it? Exactly. And that's what they say that um, their intentions are to manipulate. So they use it to win over your trust so they can get something out of it. So 
when I'm showering or was showering my ex-boyfriend with, because he really, I wasn't like this with everyone. You know what I mean? With my ex-husband, I was mm-hmm. not like, but with him, I was literally just obsessed with him. And I feel like in a pretty healthy way, you know, like a good way. Yeah. It was a good relationship, whatever. Totally. And then, yeah. And then there would be times where I would just like, you know, shower him with affection and I would just want to do really nice things for him, but it was because I loved him. And if those actions would have been followed up by something like, I, this is probably just my own trauma talking, but when people do nice things for me, I get really suspicious. I get really awkward. I get fucking suspicious. Like, what did you do? (laughs) PTSD. Yeah. Like, what did you do? What did you fuck up? Why are you, why are you doing it? Why are you being nice? And it's because, I mean, uh, that's some of my shit I'm going to have to do in my own shadow work and therapy, but <laughs> it really, I mean, yeah, I really, and maybe that's why like the love bombing doesn't work because it like, it just immediately makes my like spidey sense, like the hair on the back of my neck stand up like, nah, I don't know, this dude's about to tell you he fucking cheated on you or he right. whatever, you know. And Which very well could be what they're doing. Exactly. And, and that's the thing is it's been, it's a, it's a behavior pattern that I have now because it's been reinforced enough to, uh, you know, affect me this long in my life. Right. So obviously, and that's what I used to say about like me finding stuff in my ex's phone, not my ex-boyfriend, but in a, a previous ex before that, when I would find, mm-hmm. I would go through his phone and I would find shit and he'd be like, stop going through my phone. And I'd be like, stop. As soon as I stop finding shit, I'll stop going through it. Right. You're like, always finding shit, either in phones or lipstick on sheets, earrings on side tables. Are you trying to trigger me right now? Sorry, sorry. I think I triggered myself. <laughs> okay, so what's your, have you ever dated a narcissist? I mean, yeah, of course I have. I mean, I feel like everybody knows the term narcissist. Like everybody says they've been with a narcissist. Right. I, I, has everybody been with a narcissist? Like, does no. do even good people have narcissist tendencies like yes okay yes so I follow this guy I wish I would have looked up his um his TikTok I follow him on TikTok but he if you google it he'll or if you look it up search it in TikTok it'll, you'll find it um but he's called the self-aware narcissist and he he talks about it he did like three years of therapy and um now he just talks about like whatever like but it's just that they don't, he's like, it's a mental illness and they just don't process things. Like they don't feel things the same way. So like, even though like, okay. So the reason that they date these extraordinary people is because it makes them feel amazing. Right. You know, like, and it, and it makes because them feel like. Because at the end of the day, they're unhappy with themselves, whether they right. admit it or not, like they hate themselves. Yes. But if they can score someone who's like, you know, beautiful, whatever, Mm -hmm. I have a friend who's an amazing catch. Like obviously a narcissist would love to latch onto her because, and he looks like, oh my God, like she's dating him. He must be amazing because he's just perfect. And like they, so they want to mirror that, but it's not, it's not necessarily the same like love. I think it could be like if they worked on themselves, but it would take a lot. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's like a self-aware toxic. narcissist is rare. Yes. Yeah. A self-aware anything I feel like is rare. Jeez, like if you can, man. yeah, if you can like fess up and admit to something like that and just be so point blank about it, be like, no, literally like the denial stage is behind me. Like, 
Right. That is super rare. Right. Let's have a moment of silence for those people. I know. Well, I was just thinking, I was like, if I said the denial stage is over, that would just be me being in denial about it. So <laughs> that sent me down this whole other loop. That's why I stopped. It's like, mm, no, if I said I was out of denial, like I would be lying. That would still be me in denial. And I was like, oh, healing's not linear. <laughs> well, well, you know. Going on this super spiral. But anyway, so um, they do it to basically overwhelm you. And uh, you, okay, so this, I saw, I also saw this thing that was a, it was a comparison to like a slot machine, right? So it would basically be like, if you walk up, you go to the casino, you walk up to the machine. And as soon as you put your money in, you win like 10,000 bucks. Holy shit. So then you go back again and you lose, but you're like, whatever. Cause you're chasing that high right. and you don't get it. And you keep putting in, keep putting it in. And then you win. It's not that much, but like you're winning something and it's enough for you to put more money into it, you know? You're so addicted. it's like, yeah. And that's exactly what it is. Like that's the end goal. So the second stage, I'll go through all the stages first, I guess. I should okay. That. Okay. So stage one is love bombing. Stage two, trust and dependency. Stage mm -hmm. three, devaluing. Stage four, gaslighting. A personal mm -hmm. favorite of mine. We have a whole episode about that too. Go check that one out. Um, stage five, control. Stage six, loss of self. And stage seven is addiction. So that's the goal is for them to get you addicted. And Which also, so it's basically like they just kick you down to the point where you have no respect for yourself and they detach you from your family and from your friends until okay. you're just totally dependent yes. and reliant on them for everything. Yes. Okay. So let me go through these stages because we're getting ahead of ourselves because you obviously have experience with this. Okay. So <laughs> after they start, we'll do an episode on love bombing. I feel like that's going to be a whole episode. Um, stage two is trust and dependency. So they become your only source of validation, right? Mm -hmm. And usually the people who they prey on are like empaths or people who have bad self-love practice and don't, yeah. you know, so they're not able to give themselves validation. So they mm -hmm. look for it from other people. So, you know, they boom you with all this love bombing, whatever. And then you are in, you know, you trust them and you start to like yeah let your guard down you do trust them and you start to depend on them and then slowly they only start giving you love I thought this was really interesting they only start giving you love and validation when you're doing things for them mm. when you do things that you love you'll get no emotional response whatsoever but when you do things for them they shower you with love and you don't notice the shift because right. like it happens over time you know and it's like it's Yes, it's like they suddenly gain control of every decision you make and every thought that you have, and you don't realize you're no longer in control. It's yeah. like a mind game. Right. Like the ball is always in their court, and you just don't ever realize it. Right. Yeah, and that's like, that's the scariest part. It's like you're saying being self-aware. Like you also, the other side of it is being self-aware that like you're in this cycle is mm -hmm. really hard, and then you're more likely to go back through it again which we'll talk about in the end um but yeah so then whatever they shower you and then uh you know you don't notice the shift so you're being 
basically conditioned to please them at this point because it's like Pavlov's dog you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. they'll get the treat whatever so it's I mean that's what you're doing every time you do something nice for them he rewards you with making you feel like a human Mm -hmm. essentially but you know like they throw you this little funky it's so insulting it really is but they treat you like you're a little dog waiting for a treat for sure like yeah you know they just fucking toss it to you like oh what here take this and just leave me alone like it's just enough to get you to go away and what's so crazy is I feel like in the person's mind on the receiving end of that, they're like, oh my gosh, they're changing. Ex- oh my exactly. gosh. Like, it's almost like they fooled themselves. It's like, no, like, what do you mean he's taking you out to dinner? You've been together two years. Why is he just now taking you out to dinner? It's like, exactly. you know what I mean? It's like, no, you've totally, totally missed the cue of like common courtesy and like, normalcy in a relationship like exactly that's not normal like they're yeah. not better like what yeah and also this is kind of on a sad note but um that's what one of my friends who I'm gonna say it because fucking Maddie who was on here um was talking about her ex and whatever you know they had just broken up and she was talking to some other guy and she was like he has a car <laughs> I was like what like that what we have got to work on your standards, bitch. He's a car. Like what? That was basically it. Just like, yeah, like a job. Him. He has a job. Yeah, we're going to work on your like standards, bitch. Okay, she was like, he just told me I'm pretty. What do I do? Yeah. Like, what? Say thank you yeah. and go about your day. What the fuck is wrong with you? Why? Has, like, ah, okay. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself again. So stage three, which is the reason that this stuff happens is because that it's stage three is devaluing. Okay. Oh, that's so, the worst. Yeah. And it's, that's my, like, that makes my skin crawl. Like, oh, it gives me anxiety just hearing it. I wonder if that's why you have this weird thing about like being told what to do. Maybe. Like, I feel like that's the one, I feel like the narcissist relationship that I was in, like that for me was the most detrimental thing for like my sense of self. And I just feel like that's the one thing that takes so long to recover from. Yeah. Because like when you lose your backbone or you lose your confidence or you lose like your flair, like you just, I just feel like you go through this stage where you just don't even know who you are anymore. Right. And you try to figure out who you are. Like, I know I've looked back at pictures of myself and I just look at myself in the picture and I'm like, I don't even recognize this girl. Like mm-hmm. I was like, try, I mean, I was trying to figure out who I was, but it wasn't me. So it was almost just like, I don't even know who I'm looking at. Like I look confused. I look lost. Right. You know what I mean? And I feel Wait, like do people, I know like, this person? Yeah, people sense it off of you. Like, do I know this person? No, uh, no, no. no. I was trying to see if I knew. <laughs> no, no, not that one. Not uh, that narcissist. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> not, not that one. It was the other one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so yeah, so the devaluing, whatever, <clears throat> because you know the person who's being the person who's dating the narcissist probably can't generate internal love they basically just start devaluing that person because they're not putting in like their partner because they're not putting in any of the 
love and whatever they're not being rewarded anymore as much you know and yes. you start drifting the blame shifting starts you start mm-hmm. to blame them and like start getting nasty oh yeah name yeah. calling the like name calling putting out them down. to go out and then just kind of being like what do you have on like you feel like you look pretty and all you want to do is make them like see you and be like wow and they say wow, something yeah. ditty like oh, you have on tights what are you peter pan like you yeah. know, like just something like stupid, but just like demeaning and belittling. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh, that really is the worst. And I know, like, oh my God, I was trying to decide if I was going to talk about that trauma today, but I'm not going to. That, di- that dives too deep into like my childhood trauma. I can't go there. But um, <laughs> for another episode, that is another. That's probably the daddy issues episode. We'll probably go there. Uh, but yeah, like putting you down, whatever. And again, it made special note to say like after they say all that stuff that's when it shifts into stage four because what do they do as soon as you start like saying all this stuff and you know they're they're putting you down oh because then I'm getting ahead of myself so (laughs) they start putting you down right and then once they stop giving you these compliments or whatever now whenever you talk to them about whatever you're interested in they're looking at their phone oh yeah like you what you have to say couldn't is not important like exactly. they could care less yes like you're so beneath them yes and, and then so you're probably sitting there like who are you talking to yeah because <laughs> you don't trust them like at this stage you don't trust them and if you say you trust them you're not being honest with yourself right it, or if you do it's because you're fucking brainwashed right you know like to be real mm-hmm. but <clears throat> yeah so excuse me so they whatever they tell you that you're crazy you ignore them or they ignore you while you're talking about something important. And then you're like, Hey, I'm trying to talk to you. Can you listen to me? And then they get to turn around and be like, Oh my God. Okay. Like chill out. Why are you yeah, like crazy? Yeah. What so is not only do they like just squash who you are as a person and you just have like no respect for yourself, no confidence. Then you start thinking like, God, this is all my fault. This is all me. Like, what is wrong with me? Yeah. You start asking yourself, oh my gosh, what is it about me? Yeah. And then you try to fix it. You know, what can I do to make him happy? You know, and it just becomes this horrible fucking cycle because then, okay, so then stage five is control. We talked about gaslighting on a whole fucking episode. I won't even go there anymore. Um, Actually, I will, I'm sure, a different week. But anyway, so stage five um, is control. And like you said, you start to believe it. And then, Mm -hmm. so basically, this is a cycle. You start to believe it. You put all your needs on the back burner. You're trying harder and harder to please them. But now nothing's working because they're tired of faking it. That's what it is. The self-aware narcissist describes it as this mask. They put on a mask because they love you and they want to make you happy or whatever. They're in love. Right. They think of it. You know, they do love you, whatever. They have these feelings and they want to make you happy. So they put on this mask and then... They fake it, fake it, whatever, but then eventually, like, it's exhausting, and they don't want to do it anymore, so then they take it off, and the person they're dating is like, what the fuck, you're, this is not you, you're a completely different person, and mm-hmm. they're like, no, I'm not, I've literally been this the whole time, I was just showing mm-hmm. you what you want to see, because whatever, like, I made tricked you. Exactly, and that's assuming, like, he was saying it in a nice way, that's assuming that they don't have malicious intent, because there are some right. of them who know exactly what the fuck they're doing. Those are the worst ones. Like, if you intentionally do it, you're the worst person on the planet. Yeah, you're the worst kind of person. Like, who can do that to a person? 
you know, how can you like just intentionally squander a person? Demolish them, like crush their spirit. I mean, it's just, and it's just such, and especially depending on, because I feel like for a lot of girls and it could be with guys too, I don't know, but with a lot of girls, you go through that relationship at a young age. I feel like it's very common. Yes. And that's such a precious time and such mm-hmm. like a vulnerable time for a female. And I just feel like the recovery period after dating a narcissist, depending on how long you're with them. And usually it's a while, like that's your right. relationship. You always look back on and you're like, Woof. thank God wow. I got out of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the recovery time is just like, it can be years really right. until you like really fully recovered. Like, all right, cool. I know who I am. I'm cool with it. I'm awesome. Like, I don't hate every single person that hits on me anymore. Like I'm ready. Right. You know, like there's just so many stages of recovery. I feel yeah. like. And honestly talking about like how it's a shitty person. This is why I'm not sold. One of my friends talking about their exes or whatever they're dating or on and off with whatever. She's trying to figure it out. She's going to get mad at me. But, um, but she, everyone mad at you about something. I know. I'm right. just, I'm literally thinking, I'm like, I'm going to have to like send so many texts when I get down the list and be like, Hey, I really love you. I'm sorry. Don't be mad when you listen to this. It's you. Um, but she, she knows how I feel. Obviously I've told her plenty of, but she lost like fucking 30 pounds or something crazy. Yeah. And she was just like wasting away. And I told her, I was like, like, did he not see it? There's no way. Like, even if you were blind emotionally Mm -hmm. you can fucking look at her and tell you know like Mm -hmm. she her hair was falling out she's losing weight like how can you sit and look at this person who you supposedly fucking love even look at a stranger and not be like because it's all it's all about priority number one that's priority number one for a narcissist is always themselves they're too selfish to recognize that in a person and a narcissist and this is my personal opinion. They think they know what love is. They have like a form of love in their mind. Mm-hmm. That is not real genuine love, what they feel. They don't know what real genuine love is. So they can't be held to the standards of a person who does. Right. So it's like, you're selfish. You don't really know what love is. Like, how can I expect you to recognize those things in me? You know, right. at least in the sense because I mean I'm not saying people can't be I think therapy can do wonders like yeah, I've changed totally. a lot as a person so I don't know necessarily that they couldn't change with therapy but I do know that the ones who suggest fucking therapy are probably just doing it as a manipulation tactic and that's right. another that's another thing I don't know which part um and plus too like if you're changing something about yourself especially if it's like a characteristic about you like it's part of your physical like it's who you are like and we're all made up of like good things and bad things like you know some people have anger issues some people have you know, narcissism like whatever it is like we all have things that you know we may not love about ourselves but to like really take it upon yourself to be like this is a problem you don't have to admit it to anyone admit it to, like this problem I know it is and I'm gonna change it Right. I mean, you can say that all day long, but to actually have the obedience and like the self-discipline to every single day work toward changing that, yeah. that shit is hard. I mean, right. that is a long road. Like you have okay. to that single day. And this is what I was trying to tell one of my friends who is talking about getting back together with her ex or him wanting to get back with her or whatever. And I was like, listen, 
the breakup with me and my ex happened what like the end of September or something so how many months is that I mean it's been like three months honestly three or four yeah yeah that's insane so it doesn't uh, seem like it's been that long. Oh, it does to me, bitch. Trust I'll me. Say, but then again, it does. <laughs> yeah, no, it feels like it's been an eternity. But, um, sorry, I'm getting like sidetracked because I'm getting triggered. Um, <laughs> We're talking about like how back long together. it yes. takes. Yes. Like- yes. Okay. So even with all of that stuff happening four months ago or whatever, I have been doing the most like aggressive spiritual like cleansing and working on myself purifying all that shit the most intense I've ever done in my entire life for the past four months really yeah and even before then I was on some shit before you know so really it's been like a year of me trying to like work on myself and but just really intense four months and uh when my friend came to me and was telling me that like he wants to go to therapy and she wants to change he wants to change all the shit and I was like even with me being self-aware and into psychology and into all that you know what I mean like pretty yeah. pretty knowledgeable about most of this stuff and interested in it so I study it um even with all that well researched yeah and I, of course that's what I said I was like I'm a researcher anyway so if I didn't know before I'm gonna know after but even with all of that shit, I'm still nowhere close to where I need to be to where, right. you know what I mean? And that's what I tried to tell her, like, you mm-hmm. expect me to believe that this guy who is a narcissist changed over, I mean, they broke up after us. So, you know, like we're talking mm-hmm. maybe two months back, you think this dude changed and they didn't take any real time apart, like not speaking you know impossible like they're That's telling what I'm you saying. what you it want just, to hear yes. again is a characteristic of a narcissist exactly like, and he told her that he was gonna go she was like he said that he would go to therapy and I was like of course he of course, of he, course, did. course he did and, and I said you well, want to hear yeah and I said okay well he needs to go to therapy by himself and then after he works on his shit then maybe y'all can go as a couple or whatever she's like well he said he'd be more comfortable doing the one together of course, I was he like, of course he did. Of <laughs> course he did. Because he doesn't get credit if he's doing the work and it's not being seen. Oh, for sure. That's not how they operate. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, I'm not yeah. doing shit. I'm not doing hard work if the boss isn't fucking there. You know, like. Yeah, for sure. No. And that's what I said. Like, this dude is not changing anything. And that's what I was going to say is love bombing. You think of it as something that's in the beginning of the relationship but really it can they they break it out uh like in the second that they think you're leaving oh yeah it comes out oh yeah so prepare for that and then it's like i'll change i'll change you know and whatever and yeah, I mean, they you suddenly know. become the person that you've always wanted them to be and they're saying all the things you've yes. always wanted them to say which proves by the way yep. that they know because i always say it's either two things you don't know or you don't care you've probably heard me say that a thousand times and that's yes, because it's the truth because it's true so if he now you're telling me all this shit so like what was the problem it's not that you didn't know yeah so it but must you be that you don't care, care. yeah because yeah. you could have done it the whole time you should fucking watch it because you could be bothered because what happens to it's me the or not saying, but it's true yeah don't affect what how you feel or what you know what i mean like mm-hmm. oh my god okay so then in stage five i'm getting we're like exhausting ourselves over this now if we weren't tired <laughs> before 
Okay, so getting pissed. (laughs) Yeah, so stage five is control. Okay, this is the one that I remember clearly, and Maddie's talked about this on the podcast, so I can talk about this. Name drop her, but uh, when she was talking, like I was talking on Facetime with her, and when she and her ex broke up, I was referring to this and was like, "Yo, there was a time when you were talking and." You could just see the switch. Like she was with us for a second, you know, and she was mad and she was pissed, whatever. And then you could just see it like almost like a possession, you know, and she's just like, mm-hmm. it's fine. And you, she was gone again. And it was just, like, yeah, it was that. And you, I'm telling you, like, I've Except- never, it was, it was scary. Like, it's scary to see your friend like that. And to be that level yeah. of like brainwashed is fucking terrifying. And like, that's it what they do. You all- yeah, and they do it because, you know, they want to control you and they mm-hmm. need you to start believing it. So basically they do all these things until they don't even have to be there anymore. You know, you, they're oh, yeah. in your head now. And we've talked about that before that my, like the evil voice inside my head is my ex-husband's voice. Like <laughs> that's basically the same thing as like you have this guy that's like before he had to be there to tell you like, you're acting crazy. Right. You're being too sensitive. You're overreacting. And now you hear it in your head because you've been, it's been beat into your brain. So you're like, mm-hmm. no, sorry, I'm overreacting. I'm just being too sensitive. Like no one even said Fuck that. You. Yeah, yeah. Like, so whatever you try, try harder and harder to please them. Um, nothing works. So then you stop seeing family because mm-hmm. it makes them mad. Because yeah, and you don't want to make them mad, and you start thinking that that's normal. That's the thing I was saying. Like you lose control of all of your decision making skills, and you don't even realize it. It's almost like you've tricked yourself into thinking you're making the call yes. and you're making your decisions, but you're not. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's only. I mean, it's like the saying. I don't know if it's just common in the south, but how you boil a frog, like you can't mm-hmm. put them in the boiling water because they'll jump out. So you just have to. Start it low and mm-hmm. then you know increase and that's what it is because then by the time you're boiling it's too fucking late and either even if you do have that moment of clarity let's say you never realize it which a lot of people don't let's say you do realize it just because you have that one moment of clarity does not mean like this is a cycle bitch okay so they can drag you back in and it's easy to get dragged back in because uh all right stage six is loss of self and then stage seven is addiction because you've reached it you know Mm-hmm. once you get to the addiction part like yeah of course you're gonna want to go fucking see them oh these are the only thing you have exactly yeah you, you don't have your yeah, friends you, you don't have your family you've cut off all your friends and family you don't even know what your hobbies and your likes are anymore yup your hobbies and, then, and your likes are pleasing them yeah so then when you walk away from it, and that's oh my god stage six loss of self okay so you follow all the rules your whole life revolves around trying to please them. And then if you try to confront them, you're crazy or sensitive or whatever. And um, it just makes it worse and worse. And empath, like I said, usually are the ones who would date these people will just shut down completely mm-hmm. because they want to avoid fights. For sure. So it's because like, it's they're just, scared they'll lose the person. Exactly. It's like, it's easier. It's just easier if we don't fight. It won't make me sad. Like, I'll just keep my mouth shut. He'll be happy. And then now you're a fucking prisoner in your own home. And now you're stage seven, which is addiction. Now he's a drug. And even if you leave, fucking relapse, you know, like, 
You know that saying, and you may not have heard it, but I've heard it a thousand times. The person who cares less in the relationship always has the upper hand. A narcissist came up with that. Like That makes sense to me. If that's what you're saying in your relationship, then your your problem is bigger than what you're thinking. Right. Take a step back and look big picture. Yeah. Like, why are you even saying that? What? Right. Upper hand. Yeah. I mean, it. but it's honestly true because like now everyone's been conditioned, like so conditioned to be like, not even conditioned by like society necessarily. I think conditioned by their trauma. Everyone's got so many like, Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all fucked up, you know what I mean? And it's all kind oh, yeah. of catching up with us. And I think all of our, I was tell, I was saying this earlier, I think all of our trauma is kind of just like not interacting well with other people's trauma. <laughs> you know, like we all have to yeah. deal with it. It's almost like everyone is being forced to break up so we can all just deal with our shit because you have to do it alone. Like, Yeah, that is something that- That's what it seems. It's demanding, like it demands to be felt and no one can help you, but you, it's a really difficult and hard thing to get through, but we all do it. And the thing about trauma is it like makes up who you are. Like it really does. It it is a, it is a vital part of who you become. And it is also one of those things that like make or break you. Like it can go one of two ways. Like you can grow from it or you can like, yeah. it can you could self-destruct from it exactly yeah exactly and i think that's where um ex-boyfriend might be might be crumbling yeah. but i mean honestly like i'm gonna be honest i'm surprised that i'm still standing because you're strong i mean at the end of the day like you realize how strong you are and most of the time you're a lot stronger than you thought that's true I mean, people are strong mentally, physically, emotionally, like put in certain situations, like people are strong, a lot stronger than they probably gave them credit for. And it's trauma that makes you see that. And, you know, people should like build off that and relish in that and be aware of that. Yes. I mean, and that's kind of, okay. So we were going to talk about, I guess it came full circle now because we can do kind of an intro at the end of the episode do an intro of Bitchipedia and what like we were talking about. And that's kind of what it is. So my slogan is uh, United in Trauma. And that's right. basically what it is, is like, instead of like, let's learn how to connect with each other. And once we learn about narcissists and how they interact, mm-hmm. then now I know where you're coming from. And that's not an excuse, by the way, it doesn't fucking matter what personality disorder you have. You still need to write shit. You can't be an asshole. But, you know, once you start interacting with people and, like, you start communicating about, you know, mental health issues and whatever, all this stuff, and kind of regulate or make it more, Mm -hmm. what's the word, not regulate, normalize it. Yeah, like, knowing that you're not alone in it and, yeah, just normalize it. We all go through it. Yeah, the stigma, let's just get rid of it because it makes it better. What happened to you? me too I'll hold your hand yeah and you don't have to like a lot of people are not as I've found forthcoming about talking about it but just know that like you can talk about it and this way I feel like with this podcast you don't have to talk about it you can listen to other people talk about it and while you're sitting in your fucking car 
you can listen and just know, like, you don't have to talk about it. You don't have to say anything, but just know there's other people yeah. out there who are struggling. Absolutely. And if that helps like you get amped and get like excited about your day, that's awesome. That's because the- you're not alone in it. There's yes. all different kinds of trauma and there's all different kinds of narcissists, which is the crazy thing. There's not just like one main narcissist, like, right. no. No, there's but that's the thing is because honestly, once you start breaking these people down, there people are so much more complex. Like, yeah, you have a narcissist, but he is this way because his parents put him on a pedestal and whatever. Or you have a narcissist who, um, well, which is so often the case. I was gonna say that's really. I would have to say the number one. I mean, it really is. It It really is. But you know, other other factors of each person's life comes into it and that's what you have to see is like across the board we generalize a lot because there are certain rules and formulas but like Mm -hmm. everyone is different so like take this with a grain of salt as much as you Mm -hmm. want we're not fucking doctors I don't know but oh and here's a thought maybe people who self-destruct from trauma actually end up just being bitter and they're so scared to like get hurt and end up in that situation again that they in turn become the narcissist maybe okay so the person who i listen to on the red jasper i'll plug her every week because i fucking love Mm -hmm. her um she's the one who does the tarot card readings and stuff she Mm -hmm. uh she reads like kabbalah is what i've always Mm -hmm. heard of it but she pronounces it differently but i'm not gonna butcher it but she said that um it's like stuff that you're born in your past life and mm-hmm. stuff that you're born in with now as far as like narcissism or whatever like that's your ego and it's because mm-hmm. you had shit that you didn't deal with in your last lifetime so it's all your like leftovers there's a word for it I can't remember we just call it baggage but like you have all this leftover baggage and before you can like talking about I said I know exactly what you're talking about I yes. don't know the word but I know what you're talking about yeah I can't remember it either I'm gonna have to look it up now because it's gonna bother me but um but yeah it's like you can't just imagine you like going through this door and a lot of couples are doing it. I put it this way when I was giving advice to one of my friends last night about her relationship, or whatever, because I feel like everyone's relationship is struggling. But just picture, you know, the two of you are together and you have to go through this door. And if you still have this baggage with you, you can't go. So it doesn't matter how many times they try to go through it. It's like you have to get rid of it. So basically just mm-hmm. see this right now. Like that's what I'm seeing this time to myself right now is like, yes. I'm going to work on my shit. So I'll be able to get through the door. Whoever goes there with me, come on, you know, but yeah. like, if not, like, I'll meet you there. You work on your shit. I want you to, I want you to heal and get your shit right. I want everyone to, you know, yeah. I don't want narcissists. I, I would love for them to like peacefully coexist and be happy and be able to be in relationship. In an ideal world. That's right. But you know, but like, yeah, just fucking normalize therapy and let's all just, and <laughs> there will not, be a cure. Yeah, and if nothing else, at least fucking be on the lookout. You know, you can mm-hmm. protect yourself from it. Right, like a look bit. for the red flags. Exactly. And if you see and, it, yeah, early, get the fuck out because there's yeah, no. Like, be changing. so aware that like it doesn't take you being with a narcissist before to catch the red flags in your next relationship. Like exactly. that's the thing is like if you've never been with one, you don't you don't see it as it you know what I mean like you can't I mean you're you're technically you feel like you're in love with this person you know like they've done Mm -hmm. all this shit like yeah it's normal I'm not saying they get I know a lot of people say that too like 
you know, it's not like we did. We did love, he does love me. Like, I'm not dumb. I'm not making this up. And like, I don't believe that you are at all. Like your feelings are 100% valid. Just. Yeah. And we're not trying to negate them. Right. It's, that's not the point. Right. You just have to look at what it is. It's an unhealthy cycle that you're in. And I'm just trying to tell yeah. you, you need to take a step back and look at where the fuck you're at. You know, for sure. Sometimes yep. Tough love over there. But I do have, I'll end on this um, and then we can do another. We'll do all the stages, I guess, of okay. these or at least a couple of them that are interesting. But this is something that I saw online. This is how to shut down narcissists. So mm-hmm. if you do see them, these are two things that you can say to them. Not even necessarily just romantic relationships, but anyone in general. These are two things you could say to shut them down. One is, I guess I have to accept how you feel about that. I have nothing else to say. Oh, which Short, is a good, yes, like it acknowledges their feelings, but yeah, I was going to say sweet, kind of. Yes. And then um, the second one is what you're, what you're thinking is fine. I'm just not going there with you. We'll agree to disagree. I yeah, like that one too. Which is another good one too. Like, I'm just not going to, mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying, but I'm not going there with you. I get, you know, yeah, that's like a good I one too, but I'm also kind of talk to you about it. Yeah, and you might just have to keep saying it because they a lot of times they want to have the last word. Yeah, they're they're yeah. very persistent. Yeah, so just like okay, okay, that's fine. It's gonna make mm-hmm. them really mad, but you walk away with your fucking peace. So it's true. That's all you can do. Okay, so what's your advice on how to get out of uh, this relationship? I think that? that it's just. I think it's one of the hardest things in the world to do is what I'm about to say. And so I don't know how great of a piece of advice it is. Right. Easier said but than done. It's like really being able to tell the difference between what you need and what you want, because sometimes those things aren't the same thing. And what you need is always more important. So you can want something really bad. And I guess that's going to come between like mental and emotional Like you have to pick between the two and that's really, really hard. I mean, you have to want to do it. Yeah. That's the main thing. You know, and acceptance is a really hard thing too. accept it, know what's best for you and just love yourself enough to like make the right decisions by you. Right. But that's hard. You know, it's like, it really is. But it is. I mean, that's, I feel like I'm on that track and I feel like I'm getting there and I'll look back. You know what's crazy? So the other day, I never listened to these podcast episodes after I published them because I mm-hmm. hate, I don't, I have to listen to them one time, which is to edit them. Right. And I don't even listen to it after I edit it because gross. But the <laughs> other day I got on in, I got in the car and for some reason it popped up on, I guess I had searched it or something at one point. And it, when I got in the car, my podcast started playing and it was the one that it was Wikipedia, the one that me and Madeline did together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not listening to my own fucking podcast. Like I'm not that vain. But then I was doing something and whatever. And then I listened and then it felt like, it just felt like I was on the phone with her again. So then I'm like listening to it for a few minutes. And as I'm listening, I'm like, I find myself agreeing with her and disagreeing with myself. That's interesting. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so this was the day I was listening to it was a really bad day. And the day that I recorded was a really good day. So I record and then like, she's saying all this yeah. stuff. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't really feel that way. And then two, three days later, now I'm really depressed. So now I'm listening to it. And I was like, oh, I do feel that way actually. 
So mm. it's a reminder because I say it all the time, healing is not linear. Like it was just a reminder that like, oh, even I like my, that. I like yeah, that. Yes. Like it's, you can go to step one, to step two, to step three, and then go back to mm-hmm. one, you know, and just keep, it's, mm-hmm. but I keep having to tell myself, but it was a good reminder of like, yeah, two days ago, you felt great and say you don't, but listen, like two days ago, you were fine. Like, it's fine. You're doing fine. Yeah. You're doing good. You know, just be patient with yourself and getting to the exactly point. be patient with yourself and get through the day like yes. one day at a time yes because then it starts out as it starts out as i'm going to get through this hour mm-hmm. without time and then you know and i'm just like running you know like all right i'm gonna I'm gonna run 100 yards today yeah i'm gonna run three blocks today <laughs> yeah yeah like just walk down the street but yeah it's you start out small and then fucking just like walk out your door. Start maybe, there. Yeah. Maybe I'll make it through the day today. And then now it's stretched out. It's like, hmm, I don't know, maybe like this week, you know, when you start making these yeah. plans of like, it's going to be fine. Everything's fine. And I feel it fine. always is. It, but that's what I'm saying. Like it's a wheel mm-hmm. and it's, you know, the it vicious just circle. Has to. that's just how it yeah. does. That's how oh, it is. Yeah. We're, we're just at the bottom and we're coming back up to the top soon. So mm-hmm. we on the come up, baby. <laughs> on and up on and up that's right okay well this is another episode that we're doing at eleven forty-five at night i feel like i should just say that if anything it's, it's, didn't make sense it's because we're both dog ass tired <laughs> i think we did okay i think I'm we did so great. proud of us we fucking killed it i might just drink all night to reward myself <laughs> anyway thank you for coming on here and talking with me. I feel like we have more to talk about, but we're going to have way more episodes. Oh yeah. This was kind of just a general one. So we can go through and talk. We have, we have all the time in the world to talk about narcissists. Don't you worry. We'll Pretty little head off. Pepper in a little narcissism advice in other episodes. Yes. Because luckily they are the gift that just keeps on fucking giving. <laughs> That's very true. Men will never stop, I don't know, just blessing us. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I meant, blessing us. <laughs> okay, well, I love you so much. Thank you so much for talking with me, and we'll see you guys next week. See ya. Bye.